Hello everyone, thanks for listening to Psyche Design. My name is Megan Lavoda, and today we're going to be discussing the problem of type in 2021. Now, before we get into the episode, I have a couple of announcements to make. First is that I have opened up the doors to the Psyche Design membership group. You can find information about that in the description if you'd like to become a supporter on Patreon. Our first meeting is May 20th and we're going to be discussing the ego complex and how that relates to our dominant function. So please join if you want to have more intimate conversations about your type pattern and about your individuation process. So if you're interested, that's where you find that out. And Second announcement is just that I'm suffering from some allergies right now. So my eyes are a little bit watery. So hopefully that's not distracting if you're watching the video version. I do know I get a lot of comments sometimes of people asking me if I'm crying. Um, So just wanted to let you know that I'm feeling good, just a little bit watery. So um, the problem of type. So Before I get into all of the background of this and what Jung has to say about it, I kind of want to just talk candidly here. Um, Have you ever been in a situation where you are so certain what the problem is uh, or like where a problem is coming from, but then the person that you're in conflict with is so certain that there's this other problem uh, that is the source and you just can't see eye to eye no matter how much you try. And um, if you've been on social media these days, like unless you've been living under a rock, you've probably noticed that there are just so many conversations that people are having where they aren't even really listening to each other. Um, they're unable to hear each other or uh, they're unable to build a bridge to the other side of what that person is talking about. And I feel like it's even more heightened in times like these where we're going through a pandemic, there's economic insecurity, there is a lot of um, cultural and racial tensions coming up Um people are feeling really not safe and people are fearing change and what's to come. People don't know what is necessarily, what is going to come. Uh, There is definitely a very heightened political, um, it's like a heightened political situation in the sense that we are all emotionally kind of inflamed right now and I would almost want to call it a psychic crisis that we're living through right now because our psyches are being triggered at, to such a, um, such a degree. Um, the amount of shadow work that has uh, been occurring, sorry, <laughs> over the past year is just tremendous. Um, I know speaking for myself, the shadow has come up to bite me time and time again. And I've seen it in my friends and loved ones. I've seen it everywhere. It seems very impossible to um, avoid. Even those who are live very comfortable lives, ignoring their shadow most of the time and just leaning into 
their consciousness. Um, it's becoming a problem. A lot of people are getting a lot more existential. And what are we to do with all of that um, uncertainty? So when Carl Jung first uh, mentioned the problem of type, um, so in, in the book, Psychological Types, um, you probably already know that um, this is where Carl Jung first discussed the eight cognitive functions and the eight mental energies that make up consciousness. But what you might not have known is that the eight functions take, uh, it takes up such a sliver of the book. So much of the book is actually about this problem of type. And so what was frustrating to Jung that he wrote about um, after the book was published is how so many people were using what he was writing as just a way to classify people rather than solving the problem of type. So the problem of type is essentially that we are blind in so many ways, um, but we don't realize how blind we are. Um, our dominant function is the fatal assumption that we make about how life works and just the meaning of life and why we're here and how to approach every single problem. And the more we lean into uh, that assumption and that filter of consciousness, the harder it is to see the other aspects of consciousness. And Carl Jung had a, a very close relationship with Freud, who is considered by many the father of psychology. And they also had a pretty messy breakup. And Carl Jung at the time was really wondering what is the source of tension between him and Freud, between him and other others, and how come all of the psychologists were describing the psyche in such different ways and were um, coming at problems in such different ways. And Carl Jung, he sought to understand why those conflicts were happening and what to do about them. And so type is intended to be the solution for, I guess, this problem of, well, really, it's not that type is the solution. Um, the problem is that we are also stuck in our types that we don't even know uh, that we are. And the solution is greater awareness and consciousness. And if you are consciously aware of the type pattern moving within you, then that means that you have a greater sense of control um, over what your pattern is and what processes you're using at any given time. So um, what was I going to say? So let me jump to this um, quote. So Carl Jung says, the privileged position of the superior function is as detrimental to the individual as it is valuable to society. So what I wanted to bring up about this is that essentially when we're born and we are babies, we are nothing but potential. We have not chosen a path yet. Um, we 
could be anything. Now, I don't know necessarily when a soul decides what his type pattern is, because that gets into sort of like religious and spiritual territory where people have different opinions on. Like if you decided um, before you incarnated as a human, what you wanted your type pattern to be or what have you. But it's the same as how when you're born, you will have an innate preference for either your right or your left hand. And then that preference is developed through your life experiences. I mean, with the hand metaphor, you're learning how to write with that hand. You weren't born knowing how to write and having perfect handwriting. You're born with a preference for one over the other that still has to grow. You still have to learn to clench your hand and learn skills with that hand. But um, so before individuation even occurs, we must differentiate into who we are. So when we're going through adolescence and we're growing, we want to know who we are and what we are meant to be. And we lean in to these natural preferences uh, that are that already exist within us. And the more we lean in, the more differentiated we become. And that's when you develop skills and talents based on your type pattern. Your type pattern is just the energy that is moving you toward one pole over the other. So the type problem is a problem of one-sidedness in which we only are able to use one hand over the other, like when it comes to the um, core functions or the uh, polarity. So we're talking about introversion versus extroversion, feeling versus thinking and sensing versus intuiting. We will, as we're growing and we're developing our identity because our ego needs to develop an identity in order to stay sane. We're not supposed to ignore that process. We're supposed to allow ourselves to discover what those preferences are because those are gonna be the strongest parts of our psyche with the most conscious awareness that can pull us forward and allow us to incorporate others. So we're leaning in. Uh, when we're about a teen, we might have a solid sense of who we are. But see, a lot of us stop there. And the reason why we stop there is because, as Young said, the superior function is in a privileged position in the sense that it has something to offer society. But as it's offering this to society, if it overdoes that, then at the uh, expense of our inferior function, which is being suppressed, then that create, creates disharmony in the individual. So for example, me as an extroverted feeler, uh, fully leaning into extroverted feeling and being really accessible to everyone and validating everyone's emotions and giving all of my empathy away to everyone I meet, wanting to make sure everyone feels included. Um, if I do that and I put that toward my career and I um, help a bunch of people and I'm of service, then I'm going to be rewarded uh, by society 
for my superhuman FE skills. And we all have this sort of superior mode of being and our ego can get trapped in that in the sense that we need, uh, the, the trap is whenever your ego gets so self-absorbed with its own dominant function that we need to be validated for that um, and have society appreciate us for that. But the more we inflate the superior, the more we are suppressing the inferior. So in this quote, Carl Jung says, but this one-sided development must inevitably lead to a reaction since the suppressed inferior functions cannot be indefinitely excluded from participating in our life and development, that the underdeveloped may be granted an opportunity to live. So this problem of opposites is that um, we are only, we're like stuck to one pole over the other where the, in order to move freely through life, it's a dance. It is from right to left, in and out, um, feeling, thinking, sensing, intuiting. It's a dance. And that dance is incredibly, incredibly scary because it threatens your dominant function's ability to get this sort of validation from society. And the thing is, is that it's not that you are unable to be helpful or useful to society once you have developed your other functions. But um, what it's also saying to me is that um, it's not gonna be fulfilling if you only guide your life around your dominant function, maybe your auxiliary, and create a full career just around that and then ignore all of the rest. I mean, not that your career has to be your everything, but like, for example, you've got um, dominant thinkers who are, um, who are really, uh, who like went to get a law degree or a, a uh, or a doctor Sorry, I'm trying to think of an example on the spot. You've got thinker dominants who, let's say they went to law school and they gave up all of the, all these opportunities of people they could date, all of these fun experiences with friends. They gave up so much of what their feeling function wanted. And now they're living a life where they're solving problems with logic and there's something that they feel is missing and the validation from society isn't enough. Um, it's not, um, it's not solving that problem that we, we feel, which is like the inner conflict within. So there, it, I guess it can only go so far, like leaning into just the skills and talents and overinflating your uh, dominant function because there is this inherent polarity. So really the goal is to be uh, ambidextrous. So use both hands. You could still lead with one over the other, but a good example might be, what if 
you were if life throws a curveball at you and you're not able to grab it with your dominant hand do you want to be able to also grab it with your other hand so the hand metaphor kind of helps but the thing that the hand hand metaphor doesn't explain is the fact that there is a real reason to want to develop um, and be aware of all of the polarities because you cannot really be happy without allowing that individuation process in the sense that you are suppressing an entire section of your being and you're allowing it to not live. So the problem of type is we're essentially playing this game uh, where it's inner divisiveness. We are playing, putting ourselves in position where it's a zero sum game. You either win big or you lose big where there's another way to play the game. And that is the individuation process in the sense that we can let go of the way that our ego is clenching on to our dominant function. We can let go and bounce back and forth with a strong dominant function still guiding you. So if you're, if you're interested in knowing more about that self-development and how it differs from ego development, check out episode 10 of Psyche Design. But to go more into this problem, um, what Linda Behrens, who is a type expert, a facilitator and teacher, um, she talks about how people suffer from be like me syndrome, where they look out into the world and they essentially are, they think that other people need to just see what they see. And if you saw what they saw, then everything would be fine. But everyone seems to have this idea and it's, we're all um, like, in the political climate um, right now in the US, for example, um, we're unable to see where the other is coming from. A lot, a lot of people are there. Things are so divided and so many issues are so divided. And um, the goal is not necessarily to be totally balanced so that both sides are canceling each other out but it's about being able to hold the tension of the polarities integrate that tension and then come up with a third option which I'll talk more about that in another uh video or episode but essentially what we would hope for to solve this problem where everybody is getting into conflict, people are projecting on each other, they are living life through their own biased filter, and they could be uh, cruel to people who do not see that filter that they see, or they might even see a different way of being as a threat to their own if they're unable to hold space for that way of being. Uh, I, ideally, what we would want is a world that accommodates the natural flow of all mental energies. So rather than 
having a right-handed world or a left-handed world, we would have a world that allows you to do whatever you naturally are inclined to do. So if you're inclined to pick up your uh, pencil with your right hand versus left, for example, but imagine that happening at a larger scale where it's either extroversion or introversion, feeling, thinking, sensing, or intuiting. So um, our, our dominant function is that fatal um, assumption that keeps us in be like me syndrome. But also if we are in a career where our dominant function isn't really allowed to exist, or if we were raised in a family where the dominant wasn't really allowed to exist, then we might also suffer from be like them syndrome, which is another uh, term coined by Linda Behrens. And be like them syndrome is essentially when you have this insecurity um, in who you are because you've never been able to pick up a pencil the way you want to, metaphorically speaking with your psyche, you haven't been able to um, follow that natural flow. And so you think that the only way to get by is to be more like someone else and to ignore your own uh, preferences. And so that might put you like in the grip or in a stressful state where you are in the grip of your inferior or in the grip of your shadows where you that also stifles your growth because you aren't able to allow your preferred dominant uh your preferred functions to lead the way so with with all of the not only like literal wars that are happening but also um verbally um there is a lot of cross um, group fighting, but there's also a lot of in-group fighting right now where the culture is just very divisive, but that division is mirroring this um, internal division that we all have inside of us if we have been fragmenting feeling from thinking, sensing from intuiting, etc. If we have walls that are built within our own psyche, then those walls of division are going to manifest in the external world. And that's what's been happening. And so when Carl Jung wrote this book a hundred years ago, um, it, the problem was building and building and building. And I would argue that where we're at right now is the perfect time to do shadow work because it is pretty impossible to ignore uh, those lower down functions because these shadows are being manifested like crazy in um, the external worlds um, and in our lives. <laughs> so I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like things are just moving faster. And um, essentially the problem of one-sidedness is that you are allowing parts of your psyche to extinguish the other rather than choosing from an integrated state. Um, there's essentially a civil war going on inside of you that prevents you from being able to see anyone else clearly or yourself clearly. So that's what causes all of these 
petty arguments that you may have been seeing where people just can't see eye to eye. So really we must come to terms with our opposite. And if we could recognize the value of each of the opposites and then we can have a greater discussion where we actually can reach a solution. Well, right now we're so divided in a lot of ways and I'm speaking very generally, like I understand that every individual is on their own path with this, but right now for a lot of people, uh, solutions can't happen because we aren't even able to see the full scope of the problem. And um, there needs to be a respect for the opposites and, and being able to hold space for those opposites in order for a discussion to even occur between the two poles in order for there to be a solution. So you could say with feeling and thinking, for example, both feeling and thinking needs a seat at the table in order to solve the crisis um, that we might be having with feeling and thinking. So for example, when there's whole there's this whole discussion about the media and how it's changing and people don't know what to believe. In order to really have that discussion about logic and what is true, we need to invite feeling, uh, give it a seat at the table and recognize both of those polarities, hold space for both of them in order to um, start the discussion that we need to have that is gonna be solving this problem. So essentially the problem of type is that our egos are so attached to the, and so one-sided due to a type that um, that one-sidedness is then creating the civil war, which we are acting out with each other. So, um, we are just playing the same game that humans have always been playing, but we're at this fork in the road where we can allow this psychic energy that is coming up room to breathe. We can allow it to have home in ourselves, in our own consciousness. So. If anyone has been feeling lately, like really, I guess, how do I want to word this? If anyone's been feeling really helpless in the sense that if you look out in the state of the world and you just can't imagine how we're all going to get along or um, make, um, come up with conclusions or to things that we all can agree on, the only way is with the transcendent function, which I can do a whole other episode on, which essentially there are all these dualities that exist within our psyche. And there's the, as opposed to being at the balance state, which is neither one or the other, it is a third thing that is above like a triangle, uh, the two that is able to see both of them. The transcendent function is powerful enough 
to overcome the opposites, hold space for the opposites. And then whenever it emerges um, after that process, it is a completely renewed dominant function relationship with the inferior. Uh, and, um, you know, that process keeps happening. So, I, I guess just to close this out, I believe that because of the globalization of the way that we are consuming our media, um, this process is happening faster and like now is the time to really get um, familiar with what it feels like for the shadow to come to light and how your own uh, problem of opposites within you is preventing you from seeing what you need to see in order to become the person that you need to be. Because essentially, um, what am I, how am I wording this? Essentially, it is very, very hard to ignore the perspectives that are incongruent with you these days because we are not just getting our information from a small town. We, we aren't really living in the same homogenous sort of family structures. People are able to differentiate more than ever before, which is leading to more one-sidedness, which is leading to more um problems of the shadow coming up which gives us even more room to walk that individuation path in the sense that we can differentiate ourselves in the sense that you can know who you are and you can overly identify with one of the functions over the other because we are able to form groups of like-minded people which is a good thing in the sense that there are so many communities online that are full of just NFs being idealists about things or NTs um, solving problems um, theoretically. We're able to find the people that mirror us and validate us and validate our type pattern. We can surround ourselves with those people, which is very healing for the first step of the process of differentiation and um, allowing yourself to be okay with your preference. But the more you lean into that preference and choose one pole over the other, then you are triggering this unconscious to rise. So because there, it's so much easier to do that these days, especially if you think about how millennials are the most educated, um, generation thus far, we all had to ask ourselves the question when we were like 18 of, okay, what am I going to do with my life? Like for those who went to college, having to pick a major and stick to it, that's so much more common now than it was whenever Jung uh, initially wrote psychological types. So it's like this ability to choose who we are and to know who we are. Um, it starts the process for uh, the transformation of the psyche. And I think that the human race is at this pivotal point where we're either going to um, collapse due to this inner civil war and the 
uh, wars going on around us, or we're going to rise to the occasion. We're going to get comfortable with the tension, with holding the tension between the two opposites, and we're going to transform. So if you are looking out in the world and thinking, I don't know how I'm going to solve all of this mess, um, your human responsibility is with you. Um, 100%. It's 100% your job to solving this greater um, conflict on a mass scale. Your job is to work on the micro scale and become really aware of the problem of type in your life. How does the how does your dominant function how is that being overinflated and where what are your blind spots what is the state of your inferior function are you suppressing it do you hate it whenever it comes up do you smack it in the head like a whack-a-mole sort of thing or do you allow it to be seen and heard witness is transformative if you can witness your vulnerable inferior function and be with it and love it and give it a hug, essentially. Um, magical things happen. And we're not going, we're not gonna grow by shoving our feelings under the rug or shoving our our thoughts under the rug or detaching from reality or um or being overly secular and detaching from anything spiritual. It is, it's a balance, but it's also really, it's a dance because we aren't just like sitting still constantly. We're, we're moving and we're allowing uh, the energy of life uh, move through us. So for me, ever since I was young, I really, really cared about making a difference in the world. And I always wanted to do something externally. And as an extrovert, it makes sense that that is what I would focus on more. And so it was kind of counterintuitive for me to figure out or to realize that really what I needed to do was work on myself in order to change the world. And that's not to say that you shouldn't engage with the external world because part of that, part of that dance uh, from pole to pole is introversion and extroversion. But we can get overwhelmed if we are looking at the problem at a mass scale. And it's what we really need to do is look at the problem in our scale. And so ask yourself too, um, it's not just, do I feel inner peace? It's also like, are you going back and forth between giving yourself introvert time versus extrovert time? Are you expressing with F-E and T-E are you expressing your truth of the matter? Are you uh, putting your cards out there? Because that that's, you know, it's not, it's not like that your individuation process is something that you can do alone in your room without taking any sort of action. Because it is going to involve the extroverted judging processes where you're communi communicating, extroverted perceiving where you're interacting with and engaging with uh, reality. So, and when you do that, you, 
when you focus on your own uh, inner conflict and your own inner divisiveness and your own one-sidedness, then um, you will start to improve your relationships and you'll also get a clearer idea of what your purpose is, what you are going to be bringing society. Because as I mentioned before, the superior function is loved by society in the sense that it can be easily exploited is, is one way of thinking about it. Um, it's tempting to turn yourself into a caricature of a self and just lean on the comfort of that dominant function because someone will use it. Someone will exploit you for it. But you don't want to be exploited. You want to choose to embody those gifts without shooting yourself in the foot constantly whenever you're doing it. So for example, for me, if I'm always accessible and I'm not listening to any of my TI discernment, then every single time that I'm giving that I'm going to be shooting myself in the foot uh, by allowing people in to my orbit that do not have my best interest at heart or who um, don't deserve my, my love and attention. For example, if I am not listening to my TI and allowing it to be known, and seeing that I'm putting myself in dangerous territory every single time I use my FE. And it's that way with everyone, with everyone's dominant function. If you ignore the consequences of the inferior, then you're going to keep getting yourself into trouble. But society will still be able to use you for it. But if you want to stop being used for it, then that's where it's like, you are listening to the needs of your inferior, which is whining like a baby. You're listening to those needs and you're protecting it. Your dominant function is committed to caring for that vulnerable child. Um, so that's why learning type is so beneficial in 2021 is that I think a lot of us are at a standstill where we don't really know how to prevent a lot of the political drama and also just in the business world, like the job market is insane right now. Uh, fast food workers or fast food companies are having trouble hiring because people don't want to work there anymore. And there's so many industries that we're going to see completely transforming. And this isn't just some hot button topic in the news. This, this is real people's lives that are going to be transformed from the inside out. And I know, even though I've been very lucky uh, with my job situation and certain things in my life, I, I feel like I've personally transformed over and over again, uh, just over the past year and allowing that trans, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, sorry, <laughs> allowing the transcendent function. I almost said transcendental. So allowing that transcendent function to, uh, work itself in your psyche is what is allowing you to transform every time the, uh, a, a weaker function in the shadow is triggered by
by someone outside of you, rather than projecting your fears onto that thing, you're able to see it clearly. So anyway, I could talk on and on about this, but I think that that's good for this episode. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to hear any of your thoughts uh, in the comments of how have you seen this problem of type come up? It's so pervasive for me that it's hard for me to even come up with examples um, as far as things happening in the media. Um, But, you know, it's just so everywhere right now that I'm kind of at a lo- I'm at a loss for words um, as far as how big of a problem this is in the sense that, okay, I'll just throw this out there. There was like a Chinese rocket that was crumbling down on earth and we didn't know where it was going to land this past weekend. Like, do you feel the gravity of this? <laughs> um, that was kind of a pun, but do you feel the gravity of, it's like, how are all of these nations in the globe going to get along and agree on what is okay to do in space and what's not, for example? Or like, it's like in American politics, for example, it feels so often like we're at a standstill in the sense that both parties are not budging on what they're asking for and um, things aren't changing fast enough for anyone. And we're at a standstill and it's like having that growth mindset and that ability to hold space for the other person's perspective, even if you disagree with it, or even if you think that you could add nuance to the perspective by sharing yours, um, that ability is what's going to really solve, in my opinion, this problem where we're all stuck in the same loop. It's like people's types are stuck in their head like like a broken record. Um, It's just looping, looping, looping where people are really, really predictable and they, people are um, really not able to handle information or people who they see as different than them or as not a part of them. And these complex problems, these complex global problems are going to take the entire psyche's awareness to solve. And we aren't going to be able to solve the problem with just one or two functions. So That means that we all have to be responsible for our own awareness um, in order to solve these bigger problems that are gonna be ahead of us in uh, the 21st century. So thank you so much for listening to this episode and have a wonderful rest of your day. We may be walking the path of individuation independently but that doesn't mean that you're alone. While your journey is unique, we're all going through the same process along our own parallel paths. If you're craving deeper conversation about how your personality type pattern is unfolding, 
Join us for monthly type discussions. The Psyche Design Membership Group comes with access to a private Facebook group, one facilitated Zoom hangout per month with breakout activities, and a monthly Q&A. For more information, check out the link to my Patreon in the description.